0: We're going to dig into God's Word for a little bit here. So today is the second Sunday of Lent. We're in this 40-day time period um, of preparation for Easter. Lent continues until Easter Sunday. It's traditionally a time for fasting, self-reflection, confession to the Lord, really just trying to Consider the state of our hearts and be able to come that day of Easter just having given our lives to God and celebrating what God has done for us. All these activities around Lent are aimed at humbling ourselves before him and seeking to submit our lives to him. And so with that in mind, I thought it would be good for us to spend this season considering what it means to be repentant. Having a repentant attitude is a starting point for offering our lives to Jesus. And you can see this communicated um, in a few different places in the Bible. If you take a look at Acts chapter 3, you see a, a moment where the Apostle Peter is speaking to a crowd of people shortly after Jesus has left and gone into heaven. And he mentions repentance. So let's open up to Acts chapter 3, and we're going to read verse 19. as you get to that, um, I'll just give you a little bit of background before this verse. Peter and John were visiting the temple. They heal a lame man. People took notice of that. They're amazed at this power that these apostles have just demonstrated, miraculous healing. And Peter begins to speak to the people there about Jesus. At a certain point, he tells them what to do in, in response to their sin of turning against God and condemning Jesus to death this is what we read in verse 19. Peter says, Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. And so he tells them, repent. It's the starting point of when they've recognized their sin. Repent and turn to the Lord. And once they take those actions, they can expect that their sins would be wiped out and the Lord would refresh them. Jesus also spoke about repentance. So let's take a look at another passage, Matthew chapter four, verse seventeen. Just flip back a few chapters there, Matthew chapter four. So this is um, shortly shortly after Jesus was baptized. We know from the gospel writers, he was baptized. He went out into the desert for 40 days. He faced some temptation um, in the desert. It was kind of a, a test that he went through. And then he was returning and beginning to teach. And here's what Matthew tells us in verse um, um, 17 of chapter 4. He says, From that time on, Jesus began to preach, Repent. For the kingdom as heaven is near. What is it that we're called to do in response to Jesus coming and offering his life for us? The first thing that we see the apostles, what we see Jesus telling people to do is repent. And so we have to consider, what does that mean? What does it mean to repent? And I would love to just interact with you a little bit before I jump into that. what do you know about the idea of repentance? What, is, what does repentance mean to you? And how do you feel about it? To say you're sorry? Um, in a way, that's part of it. Well, those are all ideas around repentance, and we'll talk about that a little bit more. Um, we'll define exactly what repentance is in a minute. Um, but I think there are a lot of different ideas floating around the church about what exactly it is. And I think it's, it's good to pinpoint it. What other ideas or what other thoughts do you have about it? I personally think it's like okay. okay. So it has something to do with your actions. It's more than just saying you're sorry. It's taking action on it, doing something with it. Okay. Any other thoughts? To stop, stop sinning, turn around, and do the right thing, okay? It has to yeah, it has something to do with your heart, not just your head, not just your thoughts, but something to do with a change of heart. Mariah, were you going to add something? God appreciates people being obedient more than being sorry than ever asking for forgiveness, right. Well, yeah, and that, I think that's, that, that's kind of the idea behind it, too, is that it's not just saying I'm sorry. We could say you're sorry, but you can say sorry, go back and do the same thing over and over and not really want to change, right? How do you feel about the idea of repentance or being called to repentance, it's something other people should do. Yeah, you hear that a lot, right? You do, right? We point to other people. You ought to repent. Repent before you're sent to hell, right? Any other feelings that you have about the idea of repentance, Mariah? sure a lot of people do things it's hard to forgive themselves for so it's important to ask god forgiveness to to want to be changed Um, a couple other things you said there it's this you know it's hard it's hard to deal with those those murky depths of our hearts yeah but it's important Change your hearts and lives. Yeah, it's not just a head thing. It is more to it than just a head thing, yeah. And we'll dig into that a little bit more. Now, um, You guys have some good thoughts on this? And I, um, when I asked about how you feel about it, the reason I asked that is because there's been interaction I've had over the years with people or hearing about people that they really don't like this idea of repentance, that the church is too judgmental, right? That we focus too much on this, or it feels like I'm being judged. It's bringing out shame. And we got to be careful with that about how we communicate this. But I'm glad to hear that none of that was coming up here. This is an important aspect of living for God. So let's dig into this a little bit more. What does repentance mean? And rather than looking up a definition of repent, repentance, I actually went to the Greek translation of this passage in Acts and in Matthew. What, what word was used there? And it was the Greek word, the root of the Greek word is metanoia, which means to undergo a change in frame of mind and feeling. To undergo a change in frame of mind and feeling, and that fits with a lot of the things that were being expressed here. It's it's, it's not just a, a a mind thing. It's something that happens in our hearts. It's to turn around and do something different, right? It's, it's off, repentance has often um, been described to me as as taking a new path, turning away from your sin, right? It's 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 a change in in your mind, a change of frame of mind and feeling. I think that fits well. Um, and there are different terms we talk about in church that kind of go along with the idea of repentance, but aren't exactly repentance. And I think it's, it's important to be clear on all these things. Like we talk about conviction of sin. Conviction is feeling guilty of something, knowing that you're guilty of something, right? And convicted, being convicted is different than feeling shame. Convicted is just a, an acknowledgement. I have done this thing. I am, I am guilty of this. Feeling that you have disobeyed God, there's confession. Confession is the admittance of admission of guilt, saying that you're guilty. You might um, say that you're sorry for something. That's more, you know, asking for forgiveness beyond just confessing the guilt of your sin. But repentance is more of a decision, an agreement you make in your own heart and mind that you no longer want to embrace those choices that you were making before. The things that you feel convicted about, the things that you've asked for forgiveness for, the things that you've confessed to, to repent of those things is to say, I don't want those things anymore. It's a change in the way, um, in your frame of mind. It's a change of perspective, right? Right? And there are a couple of things I notice as I think about this definition of what repentance is. First of all, there is actually a difference between being repentant and being obedient. And I think we do get those a little bit confused at a time. We kind of mesh them together. Repentance expresses a desire to change. It says that you see things differently than you used to. You understand things from God's point of view now. And you, and you want to live according to God's will. That's being repentant. Repentance says, I don't want to follow my own way. I want to follow God's way. And my mind has changed now to that. Obedience is actually living it out. Obedience is actually following that perspective that you have. Being obedient to what God wants. And that actually takes time and ongoing effort. So you can be repentant but not yet be obedient. Obedience is something we have to to walk out in our lives. Does that make sense? There's a little bit of a difference there. It's important to notice that this first step into the life of Christ is not obedience, but repentance. You're not expected to get your life right. You're not expected to say, I am completely done and I have shown that I am obedient to God now. That's not what God's expecting you to do before you turn to him. All he's asking for you is to change your mind, to say, oh, I see a better way of living. I want to choose God's way, and I want that in my heart and my mind. I have a change in the frame of my mind and in how I feel about things. You need to agree that you are in sin, that you desire God's way instead of yours, and that you are in need of forgiveness of what you've done in the past. The second observation I have about this is repentance involves gaining a new outlook on life. And that, to me, seems to be a work of the Lord more than anything. God is the one who enlightens us. He teaches us things. He opens our minds to new understanding about things. The Holy Spirit offers us knowledge of God's will and God's desires for us. And without that perspective that God provides, all we have is our own worldly perspective, our own desires to follow. I think Romans 2 offers us some insight into how God does this. How does God change our perspective in life? Let's open up to Romans chapter 2 together. You'll find this this moment in Romans where the Apostle Paul, who wrote the letter to Romans, is kind of... Rebuking the Christians that he's writing to. Um, He's telling them that they should not be passing judgment on other people. We're going to read about this in Romans chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. He says, You, therefore, have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else, for at whatever point you judge others, you are condemning yourself, because you who pass judgment do the same things. Now we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. So when you, a mere man, pass judgment on them and yet do the same things, do you think you will escape God's judgment? And that kind of gets to what Becky was saying about how we want others to repent, right? We need to focus on what we're doing. Paul goes on, uh, verse four, do you show or do you show contempt for the riches?" of God's kindness, tolerance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness leads you toward repentance. And I've often found this to be a really profound and important statement for us. God's kindness leads us to repentance. Very often, we think that what leads to repentance is making sure people are convicted, that they're confessing what's wrong, that they understand that they are sinners, that they get it, that they have done something wrong. We think that what leads to conviction is judgment of sin, and that makes sense. It does, right? If you can only see what you've done wrong, then you will recognize, "Oh, I've done wrong. I better do something different." And I'll and I'll turn. No, what what, why, what God does is show us kindness. It's God's kindness that leads people to repentance. God shows us grace. He shows us love. And he shows us kindness in spite of our sin. God's kindness opens the door to see God for who he is. To truly know him. God's kindness invites us in. Rather than saying, you sinners, you better get your life right and then you can come join me. God says, just come. Just come. Just come and be with me. Get to know me. Understand my love never changes, never dies. I care about you in spite of anything you do. And that that doesn't bring you to the moment of change yet. That just says you're welcome. You're not rejected. You haven't ruined everything. You're welcome to be with me. And then you get to know God. And you open your heart and your mind to understanding the world from His perspective. You open your mind to hearing the Holy Spirit speak to you God's truth, showing you that God is your creator, he loves you, and he has made this world to work in such a way that if you would follow his will and his ways, you would have the most prosperous life that he can possibly provide for you. And when you start to understand that perspective, you open your heart and your mind to receiving him, then your mind can change. Then you're free to change your perspective. And you're like, oh, I didn't realize that there's so much more to life than I ever saw before. I didn't realize that it's not just up to me to figure out how to live and to how to defend myself and how to protect myself in this world. I actually have a Lord and creator who will provide for me, who loves me no matter what, and is inviting me into his life. And now I recognize that he has a path for me in life, that he wants me to follow for my benefit. Now I can repent. Now I can say, oh, there is a better way of living than what I was doing before. And I can choose that frame of mind for my life. That's repentance. And it's a work of God to speak into your heart and into your mind to show you that there is a different and better way to live. We invite him in. It's God's kindness that leads us to the point of repentance. It is the work of God to cause someone to repent from their sin. <clears throat> Create that change of mind. So now I want to go back to Paul, um, Peter's words in Acts chapter 3 and consider the results of repentance that he talked about. So Acts chapter 3... Um, that verse 19 that we started out with. Let me read it again. It says, Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. So the first thing, the first result that he says of repentance is that your sins may be wiped out. This is the forgiveness of sin we so often talk about in church. The incredible offer God makes us. Because he loves you, he offered up his son, Jesus gave up his life for us, he died and took the punishment we deserved for our sin upon Himself. And that gift is available to every single person in the world, just waiting for them to receive. And once you repent, once you repentance involves changing your frame of mind, understanding something different, then you go, Oh, I have sinned against the Lord. That's when the gift of God's grace just pours into your life and your sins are wiped away. The guilt of your sin has already been paid for. You receive that into your life when you repent. It's gone because of what Jesus did. That's the gift of salvation that God has given to everyone. Repentance is the step of agreeing with that which opens the door to receiving it. In that moment, the record of your life is wiped clean You are no longer seen as guilty before God from that point forward for all eternity. When you change your frame of mind to recognizing that you have not been following God's will, you acknowledge that, you receive God's gift, and you are wiped clean. That's the joy we have as Christians, the joy we invite others to experience. Repent that your sins may be wiped away right and we need to make sure we get that message right it's not repent otherwise god's going to judge you harshly and send you to hell there is a consequence right I, I don't want to say there's no consequence to not repenting and not receiving god's gift of course there's a consequence to sin but what peter says is repent that your sins may be wiped away what's the offer that god has given us can we point people to that gift that god has offered rather than the consequence of not receiving the gift? Can we let God's kindness lead them in? So that's the first part of repenting that that Peter talks about. Your sins may be wiped away when you repent, when you change your frame of mind and accept and agree that God's will is better than yours, and you you confess your sin. He also says, repent that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. And I think this is the benefit of an ongoing, that an ongoing attitude of repentance throughout your life in Christ produces. When you come back to the Lord again and again and assess where you are, invite Him to change your thinking, allow Him to fill you with new wisdom, remind you perhaps of how you've strayed away from you and just set you on that path again you discover not only have your sins been wiped away, that's already been done, but now times of refreshing from the Lord come to your life. As you continue to present yourself to God and invite Him in, allowing Him to continue to change your heart and mind throughout your life, you repent in a new way or reaffirm things that you've drifted away from. You you bring your frame of mind back to God again where you gain some new insight. The greatness of God is that he will meet you right there and refresh your life again and again and again. And in my experience, my younger experience with, with Christianity, I know I've communicated this, but I think it's so important for you. My experience was always confess your sins to God, ask for forgiveness, you're saved, and that's it. That's what Christianity is about. no. The Bible is clear, it's it's about a life, you're entering into a life. And the benefit isn't just that initial benefit. The benefit is God continues to refresh you, continues to show himself to you, continues to show you new ways and new benefits of following him. We can't sustain an intimate fellowship with God in this broken world so full of all of its temptations, so full of the hurts we experience, so full of changing ideals that we're constantly being bombarded with unless we come back to him again and again and allow him to refresh us. There are so many more things that God wants to teach us and show us than what we initially learned when we came to him. You can go ahead and add something. Sure, I saw your hand go up. What do you want to say? Oh, sure. We get in this cycle. Yeah, Yeah, we can get caught up in that. I'm going to tell you what's wrong with you. You're going to tell me what's wrong with me. And we're going to just get in that cycle, pointing fingers. And all the while, God is saying, okay, you're both wrong here. If you both would just turn to me and both just accept me you might have your minds changed and you might actually find some common ground and you might actually grow together, right? And that's, that's I think, is just another important point of why bringing it all back to God's grace and God's kindness. What is God doing, right? How is God growing? And how's God growing me, right? What is he wanting me to repent of? Not what does he want everyone else to repent of? Um, there are moments where God's going to invite you to speak into somebody else's life, certainly. But that's not everybody (laughs) all the time, right? It's usually through personal relationship. So again, we can't sustain this life in Christ without constantly coming back to him and allowing him to refresh us. Without him, without continuing to, to have an attitude of repentance to the Lord, seeking new ways to change our thinking about life and what's right and what's wrong, what's good, what's beneficial, what does God want for me, without continuing to change our thinking about those things, we're going to get worn down by the world. We're going to get frustrated. We get led astray. We enter into this false sense of security like everything is good. I've given my life to God. He loves me. I love him. Everything's good. I can just do whatever I want, right? And we ended up going down that path where I think I know, I think I know everything that God wants, and I tell you, the things that I thought I knew God wanted for my life twenty years ago are a lot different than what I know God wants for me today, right God continues to go deeper with us and teach we need, in today. We, need we need to stay in today, yeah, what is God doing in my life today? What is he teaching me today what is I did that already, or... yeah. Right, instead of what I already did that or what's going on in the future, what is God telling me today? What does he want to change in me today? How does he want me to see him differently, to understand his will for my life differently? How does he want me to walk with him differently than I've, or, than I've been doing today? We have to keep coming back. And the, and the promise of God, again, is that he will refresh you when you continue to repent. When it comes to repentance, that refreshment is in the form of um, changing our perspective about what's important, changing our perspective about who we are, changing our perspective about what's true and what's good and what God wants for us. God continues to change our thinking on those. So repent that times of refreshing may come from the Lord into your life. Over the next several weeks, we're going to dig into some specific areas related to repentance. We're going to look at the roots of sin. What is sin and where does it come from? What motivates it? We're going to look at the value of confession. And we're going to talk more about the results of repentant life and all of this trying to lead us to that point of just celebration in the Lord on Easter Sunday when we come back to what God has done for us. But in this time period ahead of time, I want to urge us all to take a good look at our lives and our perspectives and our attitudes. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak into your life. Allow him to tell you new things about God. Allow him to tell you ways you might need to correct your path that you're following. Think about him differently in order to really embrace God's will. Allow him to speak about what he really wants for you. Let's examine closely God's word. Listen carefully for his guidance and seek a better understanding of what God's desire for us. Have an attitude of repentance throughout this entire time. Letting God change our ways of thinking and receiving those adjustments from the Lord. For some people, this may result in some major changes in the way you view the world. Perhaps you will receive the gift of God's grace for the first time ever as you repent and embrace Jesus. And that can be both an exciting and challenging time. Right? Repentance opens up your life to a whole new way of living. There's joy in that, but there's also the challenge of now I'm going to live this out. We pray for you in that for joy in that new discovery. You may also find, as you have an attitude of repentance, that you've wandered off track. Maybe you've embraced some ways of thinking that are not actually in alignment with God's word and God's will. Maybe there was a time where you once followed him closely, but for whatever reasons, you've drifted away and you've followed a different path. Or you haven't been diligent about staying close to him. We pray that you may refine. um a renewed devotion to him and that we know that God will ready to receive you and refresh you. For some, you may find yourself wrestling with things that you want to hold on to, even though you know that's not what God wants. We've probably all been there. Yeah, but God, can't I just do this for a little while longer? Right? Right? We pray that when you're faced with those difficult strengths, that God, difficult choices, that God could give you the strength and the determination and the new perspective to, to love and embrace what he wants for you. And for some, you may uncover new depths of faith and devotion to God, a deeper connection with him, a contentment you never knew before. And just we pray for that joy of refreshment as you discover those new depths. Whatever your experience is as you come to God with an attitude of repentance, I am confident the Lord will meet you there and offer you his love and grace. And I want you to know too that we, your church family, are here with you to walk that path with you, to celebrate with you, to pray with you, to offer strength, support, and encouragement. That's part of what God is doing is bringing us together to walk that path of repentance with one another. So let's share the joys Share the frustrations with one another and, and pray for one another. May we all experience refreshment from the Lord as we seek repentance throughout this Lenten season. And I have a tool I want to hand you this morning. I have the, I found this 40 Days of Repentance booklet. And each day, we're a little bit behind, we're on day, what do we say, 11 now? Today's day 11. That's all right, Yeah. And each day has a passage, Bible passage, a reflection question, and a place for you to write notes. And each one of these geared is just for you personally to spend a little bit of time reflecting on what God says, what God's desire is for us, how are you processing that in your life right now, and then just for you to share your thoughts with the Lord. And so I want to hand these out so you can take one of them with you. Should be enough for everybody here. Can I pass these around this way? If you don't get one, let me know. We'll make sure you get one before you go today. Um, But again, may you discover new joy and new refreshment from the Lord as you walk a path of repentance, seeking to change your heart, to change your thinking about life more in accordance with what God desires for us than what we currently are. Let's pray, and then we'll sing our closing song and celebrate the Lord's goodness. Lord, we thank you for your love. Thank you for your invitation to draw close to you no matter where we are in life. I pray that you would make that clear to all of us today. No matter who we are, no matter what we've done, where we've been, no matter what the past is, Lord, you welcome us into your presence today. And as your people, may we extend that same welcome to all that we meet. And we pray today that your spirit would speak to each of us in the depths of our hearts and minds as we wrestle with our own desires, our own experiences in life. As we try to navigate our way through life, Lord, I pray that your spirit would speak clearly to us about who you are and what you want for us that we may more clearly understand the life that you desire and may we all approach you with a heart ready to repent to receive you and to allow you to change the way that we think to give us a new perspective on life that we may then follow that path instead we pray all this Lord in Jesus name Amen